Matthew chapter 1. We're going to continue our little mini-series on characters in the Christmas story that we can learn from. Uh, we've looked already at Mary. We said, Mary, we learned about submission. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. She told God, be it unto me, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Last week we looked at Anna. And from Anna we pulled a message, the scripture says, uh, she praised the Lord. In that instant she gave thanks to God. And we preached a message that we entitled Automatic Praise. I want to preach a message this morning that uh, I have entitled Trusting God with Disappointing News. Trusting God with disappointing news. I don't think there's not a one of us in this room here uh, this morning that can not say, hey, I've never had, uh, we can't say we've never had disappointing news. We probably could all say we've had more disappointing news than we'd like to have, and uh, we don't like disappointing news. In Matthew chapter number one, uh, we read concerning Joseph and the news that Joseph received Concerning the love of his life, Mary, and uh, we pick up our reading in verse number 18 of Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18. The Bible says this, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's ask the Lord to meet with us today. Lord, we recognize that without you we're nothing. Lord, thank you for bringing us all together here for these few minutes as we look at your word. I ask, Lord, that you would accomplish your work in the lives of the, those that are here this morning. Lord, if there's someone here this morning doesn't know for sure their sins are forgiven, they're on their way to heaven, would today be the day? Lord, I pray that you would help us all to be able to respond in a biblical way when disappointing, when disappointing news comes our way. Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory for all that you do. We need you, Lord, now in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you imagine being engaged to someone and finding out before wedding day that they were unfaithful to you? We let that sink in just a little bit. Be devastating. Matter of fact, in this case, it was worse than that. Joseph and Mary were espoused. They were betrothed. One commentator said this, an espousal was an arrangement between a man and a woman which said the two were committed to be married in the future. The commitment was, as much, was a much stronger commitment than what we call engagement when a man gives a woman an engagement ring. An espousal was more than just a mere promise. The espousal was also a legal agreement accompanied by the payment of some sort of acceptable dowry. 
The expousal agreement was made solemnly in the presence of at least two witnesses. And from the moment Mary was betrothed, wife of Joseph, their relationship was as sacred as if they had already been wedded. Any breach of it would be treated as adultery, nor could the band be dissolved except after marriage by regular divorce. Because of the serious commitment created by the espousal, Mary's pregnant condition would be of extremely great concern to Joseph when he found out about it, and he had no choice but to address her condition as though they were married already. Joseph gets some news here. Verse number 19, being a just man, he didn't want to make her a public example. He's got to figure out, what am I going to do with this disappointing news? You know, there's a lot of news that we receive in life. I don't like too much news anymore. I used to listen to more news than I do now. I try now just to listen to enough just so that I don't look stupid when you come in here and say, did you hear what happened in Japan? Sometimes I still look stupid. I say, no, I didn't hear. Tell me about it. I was having my devotions while you were looking at the news. No, I don't say that. <laughs> I don't say that. <laughs> There's a lot of disappointing news out there. And sometimes it's hard for us to process. And here Joseph's got a major crisis in his life, the one that he had loved, the one that he was espoused to, the one he was looking forward to marrying the, uh, the very soon, uh, the, the one that, that he was giving his life to. Now he finds out that she's unfaithful. What does he do? Well, we know the scripture sends an angel to him in a dream, and uh, he hears uh, from God. And I want to give you number one. When disappointing news comes, we need to look to the word of God. Verse 20, while he thought on these things, he's trying to do the right thing. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, Joseph didn't have the privilege of what we have. Obviously, God communicates to Joseph in a dream here, and he gives Joseph the word of God. But what you and I have is we have the Word of God right here. Matter of fact, many of us have multiple copies of the Word of God in our house. And I tell you this, the best place to go when disappointment comes our way is to go to the Word of God. It's interesting, the angel says, fear not. Often disappointing news brings fear. Now, obviously, he's looking at an angel, too, in a dream, saying, whoa, what is this, which plays into the situation when we recognize God's word multiple times tells us to fear not. Multiple instances in the word of God where God's people face disappointment and face hard times, and God says to them, hey, fear not. Why? Because God is telling Joseph that he is at work. He lays it out for Joseph. He says, hey, the baby in Mary's womb is, was put there by the Holy Ghost. God was the one that was responsible. And I tell you this, disappointments are going to come in life. But when disappointments come, we've got to look to the Word of God. We looked at this this morning in the Sunday school hour. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God's Word brings comfort to us. God's Word brings conviction to us. It is the Word of God that tells us that we can have life and have life more abundantly. The Word of God tells us how to make it in life. By the way, the Word of God tells us how we can have forgiveness of sins and an eternal life in heaven. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're going to celebrate that this whole month. Month coming. I guess we're not in December yet. See, when are we going to sing Christmas carols? We might sing Christmas carols when we have some decorations up for Christmas. Tonight. How about that? All right, that'd be good. We'll sing Christmas. You know, if you start Christmas carols too early, then people get sick of them. And if you start them too late, then people get wanting them. And so you have to start them at just the right time. You see, when is that? Tonight. I think tonight is just the right time. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, maybe tonight. I'm leading the singing tonight. Stephen's going to preach. I asked Stephen to share with us, by the way, some stories of what happened when he was uh, in Florida and in West Virginia with the youth thing. And so I think it'll be good. So be here tonight and uh, you'll be encouraged. In any event, the Bible tells us how we can receive forgiveness of sins. Jesus came, was born in a manger, sinless, died on a cross. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Aren't you glad that you can know? These things have I written unto you, believe in the name of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Aren't you glad that you can know you have eternal life? And see, nobody's going to take that from us. You say, you know, you're on your way to heaven. I'm absolutely positive. I know I'm going to heaven no matter what happens in this life when I die. You know the best, the worst thing you could do is you could shoot me, right, and I'm dead. But you know what? For me, I'd be in heaven with Jesus, running around, having a good time. You think they have a, a what is it, ADD? Tim, you think people here will have in heaven? In any event, I don't think so either. The Bible, the Word of God. How often do we come back to what does the word of God say? How do I handle this? How do I process this? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. John Wanamaker was one of the country's greatest merchants in his day. And he said, I have made a lot of purchase of property in my lifetime. Buildings and grounds which now meeting represent $20 billion, he said. But he said, it was a boy in the country at 11 years of age that I made my biggest purchase. In a little mission Sunday school, I bought from my teacher a small red leather Bible. The Bible cost me $2.75, which I paid in installments as I saved. But he said, that was my greatest purchase for the Bible made me what I am today. The Bible. The Pony Express was a thrilling part of early American history. It ran from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California, a distance of 1,900 miles. The trip was made in 10 days, 40 men each riding 50 miles a day, dashed along the trail of 500 of the best horses the West could provide. To conserve weight, clothing was very light, saddles were extremely small and thin, and no weapons were carried. The horses themselves wore small shoes or none at all. The mail pouches were flat and very conservative in size. Letters had to be written on thin paper and postage was $5 an ounce, which was a tremendous sum then. Each rider carried a full-size Bible. It was presented to him when he joined the Pony Express and he took it with him despite the weight precautions. You see, they had to uh, be lightweight in everything else, but each one was given a Bible. Why? Because they saw the value of the Word of God. This week, we might receive disappointing news. Probably not. We might. Somebody in this room this week will receive disappointing news. The way to process that 
is to look to the word of God first and foremost as Joseph's trying to process the fact that Mary is with child. God sends him his word. Number two. Number one, with disappointing news, we need to look to the word of God. Number two, we need to accept the ways of God. We need to accept the ways of God. Look at verse number 21. God says to Joseph, she shall bring forth a son through the angel. He says this, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And he says, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son. They'll call his name Emmanuel, which is be interpreted as God with us. God, number one, was doing something better than Joseph could imagine. The baby would be called Jesus, the Savior. Do you know God is always doing something better than we can see? God is always at work. The Bible says in Romans 8, God works all things together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. As we look at this story, Joseph had to come to a point where he accepted the working, the ways of God, how God was working. God was doing something better. God was doing something bigger. Hey, he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus would come here to planet Earth, and Jesus would be born in a manger, and Jesus would die on a cross, and Jesus would provide salvation for the whole world, for God so loved the world. Joseph's just thinking, this is my wife, and this is my little world, and God's thinking bigger than Joseph's wife and Joseph's little world. He's thinking bigger than that. God is able, the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3, to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Psalm 103, verse number 7, the Bible gives us an interesting commentary on his people and on Moses. The Bible says this in verse number 7 of Psalm 103. God, speaking of God... Let me give, read verse 6. I get a running start. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. Moses knew beyond the acts of God. Moses knew how God operates. And I tell you this, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. Hey, he's, his ways and his plans are above ours. The thoughts that he thinks toward us are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give us an expected end. Have we ever wanted something and God said no and we recognize later on, I'm glad that God said no because his ways are better than my ways. Sometimes that's hard for us to accept. We think that certain things should be a certain way and people should be just like, and everything should just be just like this, and it doesn't happen like that. We have to recognize, okay, God, I have to accept your way. The scripture says this, as for God, his ways are perfect. His ways are perfect. And sometimes we have a hard time accepting things. Joseph could have said to the angel, I don't care what you think. Forget that. They weren't. You don't understand. You don't understand the situation. You don't understand how much I was looking for. You don't understand all that 
He didn't say that. He accepted God's way. I read a story about a crab, a fiddler crab. It's a small creature, less than an inch long, found abundantly in the Atlantic coast of, south, of southern United States. It is excellent bait for certain fish. And, they, and, and M.R. Dehan told this story, and he said they were gathering to them to use them as bait. The little crab has a long arm with a powerful claw at the end, which it holds upright like a fiddle, hence the name fiddler crab. It is one striking peculiarity. If you grasp this pair of pincers in trying to hold the crab, it immediately releases the arm from its body. Think about that. Imagine someone grabbing your arm and you go, whoop, and just let the arm go. If you could put it back, it'd kind of be cool, I think, you know. <laughs> it'd be kind of cool, bing, you know, have your limbs just removed from you. <laughs> but I, th- I thought about this as I, as I read that. It lets go. It lets go. So often it's so hard for us to let go, to let go of the things that we want, to let go of the plans that, that we think are best for us. A young man who was struggling to let the Lord have his way in his life, not to pray. He had been advised, let God do the work for him, but he was kneeling, he cried. He said, I want to let God have his way, but I can't. The day before, he had cut out a pasteboard, the letters, let God, and tacked them onto the wall. He rose from his knees with a feeling of defeat and despair, and he said, I can't let God. On it, he went out and slammed the door. On his return to the room, he startled to note the slam of the door had loosened the letter D on the word God changing his motto, let go. And he realized, I need to let go. And he said, I will let go. Sometimes accepting what God has brought into our lives can be difficult for us. Joseph said, this is the will of the Lord. I'm going to accept it. Number one, we need to look to the word of God when disappointing news comes. Number two, we need to accept the ways of God I want you to give you number three. Number three is we need to stay in the will of God. Look to the word of God, accept the ways of God, and stay in the will of God. Joseph intended to marry Mary. Joseph was a just man. Joseph wanted to do the right thing. He recognized that, hey, I probably should put her away. I don't want to embarrass her. He could have had her killed. He could have made a big spectacle of Mary. But he didn't do that. He wanted to do the right thing. And the angel says, hey, this child has been given by the Holy Ghost. In verse 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep, look at the next three-letter word, did. He did. He did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife, verse 25, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Three or four actions in it, right? He did it right away. He didn't know her. He wasn't physical with her. And he named the child Jesus. What do we see? We see an obedient Joseph. We see a Joseph that knew it was God's will for him to marry Mary. And he meets with the angel and gets the word of God. And he says, you know what? I'm going to continue in the will of God. And I'm going to do exactly as I'm supposed to do. You know, there were still a lot of questions, at least as I read the story. There's still a lot of questions that needed to be answered. 
And Joseph didn't have all the answers here, and we never have all the answers. We've got to walk by faith. We have to trust God in the disappointments of life that come. We can get bogged down with questions. How's this going to work, and who's going to say that? And, and uh, uh, we can get bogged down with a lot of things. Re- remember this, when disappointments come our way, our adversary, the devil, will do what he can to try to get us out of the will of God. You see, the best place for every believer is to be right in the center of God's will, uh, proving that what is good and acceptable. Hey, this is where God wants me to be. And when I'm in the center of God's will, God uses me to impact other people. And if the devil can get us out of God's will, that's where he wants us to be. Think about how many people you know, maybe friends, maybe family members, whatever, that when the disappointments in life came, when hardships, maybe disappointments with people, hey, maybe disappointing circumstances, hey, when the disappointments in life came, the devil used that to get them to turn on God, and today you would say they're out of the will of God. They're not, they used to come to church, they used to sing in the choir, maybe they used to play the piano, or used to play the organ, or used to sing. And they're not where they need to be in serving the Lord. You see, the devil will do everything he can to get us out of the will of God. Uh, uh, Get our eyes on others. Look at John chapter 21. Turn to John chapter 21. Let me show you this. I I, I like this. John chapter 21. uh, Jesus is dealing with Peter and with Peter's issues and We know that uh, Peter denied the Lord, and in this chapter, uh, Jesus restores Peter, and he restores him by asking him the question if he loves him. In verse number 18, Jesus communicates to Peter how Peter's going to die. Verse 18, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither, uh, whither thou wouldest not. This is really a prophecy of the martyrdom of Peter. Verse 19, this spake he signifying by what death he should glorify God. Peter, you're going to uh, be martyred. Uh, you're going you're gonna to be hung on a cross, Peter. And Jesus is telling him this. And then Peter does this. He does the natural response. Uh, he says in verse 20, Then Peter turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and saith, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter saith unto him, Lord Jesus, what shall this man do? Peter, you're going to be martyred. I just want you to know that. You're going to die, and you're going to be on a cross. And, and Peter's processing this. And then he sees John over there. Maybe he was thinking, could I trade places with John? You know, he's saying, well, what's John going to do? What's going to happen to this guy? Uh, maybe he didn't like what Jesus told him. And Jesus says this to Peter. He says, Peter, verse 22, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you don't worry about John. You worry about you. You follow me. You stay in the will of God. You stay in it until it is over. And don't worry about John. You see, I have to think that Peter was thinking maybe John was going to have it a little bit easier. By the way, nobody really has it easier than than anyone else. 
Don't let yourself think that. I've thought, I've talked to people, you talk to people and you, you think, man, this guy has it together. They've got it, all their ducks in a row, no problems until you get to know them. And then you realize is that their life is full of challenges and troubles and trials as well. You heard the old saying, if you put your trials on a table over here and someone else over there, the one you're going to go to is the one that you have because God knows and custom makes things just for us. We've got to stay in the will of God no matter what happens. We've got to stay in the will of God. We've got to keep doing what God has called us to do. Disappointments are going to come. We have to stay in the will of God. A young Roman by the name of Adrian, Praetorian guard under Emperor Maximus, had been a fanatic persecutor of Christians. But the calmness and courage of those he put to the torture impressed him. Adrian, brave himself, admired bravery. In these Christians, he saw heroism greater than he had seen in battle. It was the year 280, and Adrian was 28 years old. His skill and daring had led to one promotion after another, yet he could not get over his admiration for these followers of Christ. One day he asked one of the Christians being tortured, What gives you such strength and joy in the midst of your suffering? Our Lord Jesus, in whom we believe, the martyr said. In a flash, Adrian made an important decision. He stepped to the heathen judge and declared, Put my name down among those to be tortured. I, too, shall become a Christian. For 23 years after his conversion, Adrian suffered much, but he never flinched from his loyalty to Christ. In 303, he was killed... For 17 centuries since for 17 centuries since he was a patron saint of soldiers people looked up to him i think it's interesting that he saw the real deal in individuals and that's what caused him to trust christ as savior he saw christians that would say hey we're not going to bow we're going to do what's right i think of shadrach meshach and abednego when nebuchadnezzar said hey we're going to turn that fiery furnace up And they said this, they said, our God is able to deliver us. But if not, they didn't know for sure God was going to deliver them from the fiery furnace. And and I like that because there was a little bit of, hey, we're not sure how this is going to come out. But if not, we are not going to bow to you. We are going to stay dead center in the will of the Lord. The will of God is the best place for us to be. A lady once asked John Wesley, suppose he were to know that he would die at 12 midnight tomorrow. How would he spend the intervening time? Let me ask you that question. If you knew you were going to die at 12 midnight tomorrow, how would you spend from now until then? Wesley said this, why, madam, I'd spend it just as I intend to spend it now. I would preach this evening at Gloucester and again at 5 tomorrow morning. After that, I'd I'd ride to another town and preach in the afternoon and meet the societies in the evening. Then I'd go to Reverend Martin's house, who expects to uh, entertain me, talk, and pray with the family as usual. I'd retire to my room at 10 o'clock, commend myself to my Heavenly Father, lie down to rest, and wake up in glory. What's he saying? I'm in the will of the Lord. And if I found out that I was dying tomorrow, guess what? I just do the same thing that I'm doing because I'm staying right in the center of God's will. And I don't know anything that gets people out of the will of God more 
than disappointments. God let me down. People let me down. Joseph got the word of God. Joseph, here's what's happening. God's at work. We have the word of God. Whatever we face, this week we can open up the word of God and we can see the exact same thing. God's at work. God's working all things together for our good and his glory. Joseph had to accept a less than ideal situation. Because for him, ideally, Mary wouldn't be with child. But he had to accept what came into his life as coming from a good, loving God that was thinking bigger and better than Joseph was thinking. Joseph had to recognize, I have to do what God has called me to to do. Hey, the Bible doesn't tell us this, but we know Joseph and Mary both would be persecuted by people. We know people would say, what? What's up with this, Joseph? You just got married, huh? Oh. You think about the reputation and the different challenges that they would face. But Joseph said this, it is the will of God, and that's what I'm going to do. The will of God in the face of the disappointment that has come. May God help us to deal with disappointment. As we look at this book, get in this book, Jesus never fails. Earthly friends may prove untrue, doubts and fears assail, one still loves and cares for you. Jesus will not fail. Let's accept it. And let's say, okay, God, what is your will for me today? That's where I want to be. Lord, thank you.